Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. You can go to uh, Haggai chapter 2. Can't find Haggai, just find the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, then back up through Zechariah, and you'll bump into Haggai. Let's go there. We're 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 in the um, we're talking about uh, holiness, and um, thank you for your enthusiasm. And we've been, you know, well, all right, find Haggai, H A G G A I, and we're talking about holiness and about um, you know the the things that you know the Spirit of God's been leading us to talk about. I think this is our second time, and so. Um, do we have that in Amplified? Put that up if you would. I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible. I want to read this scripture out of the Amplified Bible because we're, we're living in a time, I'm telling you, like no other. I've never seen anything like it, you know, where people are so immoral today, you know. And um, the, uh, the, the church has let it slip in. And so, you know, we have to, we have to watch it. We have to make sure... That we don't we don't uh, fall for this, and um, you know just uh, accept anything that comes along because you know society says it's okay. Right. How many know it's got to be the word of God? Right. Amen. Amen. It's got to be what the word says. Right. Amen. And so here in Haggai, um, I want to read this to you. Uh, it says, "Thus says the Lord of hosts." Ask now the priest to decide this question of the law. All right, next verse. There we go. If, if one carries on the skirt of his garment flesh that is holy because it has been offered and sacrificed to God, and with his skirt or with the flaps of his garment he touches bread or pottage or wine or oil or any kind of food, does what he touched become holy? Dedicated to God's service exclusively. And the priest answered, no, holiness is not infectious. Verse 13. Then said Haggai, if one who is ceremonially unclean because he has come into contact with a dead body should touch any of these articles of food, shall it be ceremonially unclean? And the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. Holiness, uh, unholiness, excuse me, is infectious. Thank you. That's good enough. I, well, I wanted to read that to you out of the Amphite Bible because, you know, he said, let he asked a question. He said, ask the priest, you know, if the, if the priest has some kind of holy flesh in his garment, in other words, something that's dedicated to the Lord, and it touches, you know, it's holy, and it touches, you know, something like pottage or, you know, or the things he named there, pottage or wine or oil, or meat, he said, will, that, will it be holy? And the priest said, no, because holiness is not infectious. In other words, you don't catch holiness. Right. Well, you got to get born again. Right. Now, you know, we can influence people before they can get whole, become holy or walk in holiness. They got to get born again, become the righteousness of God. But he's, he went on to say, now, if, if he has anything, if, if he's touched a dead body, the priest... And he touches any of these things, like the bread, the pottage, the wine, and oil, and the meat. Will, will it be unclean? And he said, it'll be unclean because unholiness is infectious. In other words, you can catch un- unholiness. Now think about now. <laughs> you know, if, if, you were, if you came in here tonight and you were sick, and I said, now here's what we're going to do. 
we're going to set you by Miss Phyllis because she's, she's well tonight. And her wellness will get off on you. I mean, it doesn't work that way, does it? That'd be great if it did. But how I many you know it is possible, just speaking in the natural, to catch something off somebody? Right? See? And that's one of the things that we got to know in these days that all this filth going on, you got to watch it that you don't, you know, uh, let this get off on you. That you don't, you, if you hang around the wrong places with the wrong people, something's going to get off on you. Do you know the spirits inhabit certain places? The Bible talks about in Revelation that Babylon was the, was the habitation of demons and every foul spirit, unclean bird or unclean spirit. And God told His people, He said, Hey, come out from among her, lest you partake of her sins and receive her plagues. So, you know, this idea, you know, it's like I've said Sunday morning, some of these things, you know, you preach... Uh, they're a little tougher than other things, but like I said Sunday morning, you know, a, a minister told me about another minister getting their sermons ready. We always went to the bars to get their sermons ready. I thought, well, something's wrong with that. Because, you know, you're going to catch something there, and it's not going to be good. Amen? You're going to pick something up because, you know, how do you know, Pastor? Because I haven't always been a pastor. I haven't always been saved. I've been in places that were dives. I know what goes on in there. Amen. Don't y'all look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you saints, flap your wings and fly on out of here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, you, you pick stuff up, you know. And, you know, you, you know, Christians don't realize this sometimes, but they ought to. You don't, you don't want to just hang out in these wrong places. You'll pick, you, you'll get, you'll, you'll pick demons up. Why do not know a Christian can have a demon? Well, you couldn't be possessed by one, but you can certainly be harassed by one. And need deliverance, that's for sure. You know, get, get a hold of your mind, make you squirrely, think weird. Amen? I mean, any guy that goes, any pastor that goes to a bar to get his sermon read, he's already got, see, he's already picked something up somewhere along the line. And, and I marked that when I was told that. I marked that. I thought, now, he's not long for the ministry. And then I heard just this past year, you know, he had an affair on his wife and he's out of the ministry, not pastoring his church any longer. Well, that was, that was foreseeable. If you have a little discernment, a little wisdom, you know, you, you don't operate that way. Why would you want to be around? I want to be, I want to be in a holy place. I don't even want to be on the golf course getting my sermon ready. You know, playing golf, you know, if you're not real sanctified, it'll make you cuss. You, you heard about that story, you know, about this preacher. You know, he went, he saw a lawnmower sitting in the yard, push mower, you know, for sale, $75. He thought, oh, I need a push mower. So he stopped there and rang the doorbell, and a teenage boy came out, and, and he said, he said uh, you know, uh, is this mower good? And um, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Nothing wrong with it. He said, well, that's not a bad price. He said, I think I'll take it. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it up, you know. And all, and so he pulled, and he pulled, and he pulled, and he pulled, and it wouldn't start. And he looked at the boy, and he, and the, and he said, what's wrong with this mower? I thought you said it was good. He said, oh, I forgot to tell you, you got to cuss it sometimes <laughs> to get it to start. He said, well, son, I quit that a long time ago. He said, you keep pulling on that mower, and it'll come back to you. <laughs> How many know if you hang around wrong places, it'll get off on you? Is that not right? And see, we have the church saying, now this is legalism. We're preaching legalism because we're telling you don't go those places, don't do those things, don't watch those things. 
I mean, God's laws aren't legalism. I mean, you know, they're, they're I, like I said last Sunday morning, they're, they're guardrails to keep you from falling off the edge. When you read in there, you know, people say, because, you know, today there's so much preaching that's so off base. It's just, it's so theologically off base because people don't have a foundation of the word when they enter the ministry. And you don't have a foundation of word. They get, they get so off base. Like you hear these phrases like, well, we're not under the law. And it's almost like they say, the law's, it's no good. No, the Paul said the law's spiritual. He said it's a good thing. We're not saved by the law. We're saved by grace. But after we get born again, God's got a moral code, compass for us to live by. It's called His Word. Amen? Isn't that right? It, but yet you hear all this, well, well, that's just the law. That's just bondage. Now they're saying tithing's the law. Don't have to tithe anymore. You know, here's what I've always said, and I've always taught people this, and I still teach this. Any doctrine you hear that makes it easier on your flesh is not from God. Amen. Because anything He's going to tell you to do is going to crucify your flesh and make you squirm a little bit. Isn't that right? So anything that makes it easier on me, you, know what, you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about the flesh. You can just mark that down. Some man made that up or some demon. You know, the Bible said in the last days there'll be doctrines of demons. Well, who's preaching them? Who's preaching them? Doctrines of who? Well, who's pre- well demons are preaching them, but they're preaching them through people. And, so, and, and to preach them through people, they've got to use the pulpits of America and all over the world. So not every person in the pulpit's preaching the truth. You know, if they're giving you license to sin or leeway to not do what God said do, well, then you know something's wrong with that. Amen? You see, you understand that, <laughs> you know, just like this thing, this thing that's come up just recently again, coming up, you know, some of, our, some of, some of the Word of Faith ministers are teaching this. It, you know, you don't have to tithe anymore. We're under grace. Well, you know what? Tithing never was the law. It was in the law, but it was long before the law. Wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't Abraham before the law? Yeah. Didn't he tithe? Yeah. What did he do it out of? Out of the law? No, he didn't have any law. He just honored God. The, the Bible says in Proverbs, honor the Lord with your substance with the first fruits of all your increase. Amen. Amen. And even if it is in the law, it's still in the New Testament. It's in the book of Hebrews. And all kinds of things that they're teaching. You know, we don't have to do this anymore. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. Hey, it's okay to do what God said do. Right? And leave everything else alone because it'll destroy your life. All God's concerned about is you live in a blessed, prosperous, healthy, whole life. Amen. He wants you to have good days. And so... You know, these idea, well, you know, that's just legalism, Pastor. You know, don't you know you need to modernize and, and be like that? Because they have a lot of people come to their church. Well, yeah, but a lot of them are fugitives. I'd rather have three people who are sold out to God than 3,000 that aren't. Yeah, sure. You know, when people are sold out to God like you all are. Thank you. There's some doubt here. I can tell that. Maybe I'm having some doubt myself. I don't know. But if you're sold out, how I many of it just makes it easier to pastor that church? Yeah. Amen. And uh, anyway, all right. So, so, so uh, holiness, like the Amphite Bible says, uh, it's not infectious. 
Now, that doesn't mean that we can't influence people, but what it's saying is that before you can ever become holy, you've got to get born again. You got, you, amen? But now, this unholiness, you get off around that, and you keep hanging around that, and something's going to get off on you. And I've seen that. You know, people get to hang around the wrong people and, you know, uh, the wrong places, you know, watching the wrong stuff, reading the wrong things, and next thing you know, they're off into sin. Amen? This is wonderful preaching. Glory to God. I just thought I'd tell you, just so you don't. Look at Acts chapter 2. Go there. Acts chapter 2. Acts the second chapter. Acts chapter 2. Because, you know, we, we talked about this Sunday morning. You know, God's, God has called us out, Peter said. And that's one of the meanings of the church is to be called out, called out of darkness into His marvelous light. So He's called us out. See, if the world is never going to, if you're living for, for God, the world is never going to be in love with you. All that, all that live godly, y'all hear that? All that live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. Now, what we're seeing is the church doesn't want to suffer any persecution, so we're changing our doctrines, you know. So the world, you know, they're okay with this, and they don't call us names and all that. Well, you can't be Jesus' disciple if you don't, if you don't take up your cross and follow him. Now, hey, your cross isn't sickness and disease. How many know that? The church said, well, you know, your, your cross is sickness and disease and, you know, all these tragedies. That's just your cross. No, Jesus bore that on his cross. We don't, he didn't say, Jesus didn't say take up my cross. He said take up yours. He already bore stuff for us at Calvary. We don't have to bear what he bore. What we bear, amen, is we're going to suffer persecution for his name. See, the, the, the teaching of suffering years ago got off. And so it, it, to try to correct it, some taught we don't suffer at all. But no, we do suffer. We suffer persecution. And I'll tell you something else you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer in your flesh if you're going to resist sin. Because sometimes, and I know you all are holy, and you're, you're, you're about ready to you know, be raptured and get your glorified body. But I happen to know that your flesh still wants to do things that are wrong because it's flesh. Amen. You know, sometimes we well, we know that's wrong. We know that's wrong. Well, how many know eating like a pig like we do sometimes isn't right either? All right, we'll move right along. And I'm sure a lot of us have been guilty of that. Maybe today. You know, and we thought, well, we know this is wrong. You know, hey, don't be doing that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't smoke. Don't chew. Don't run with girls that do. <laughs> but then, then we worry. Right? And the Bible says to not, not to worry. Is that what the Word says? Well, have you know, he that knows to do good and doesn't do it, what is it? Oh, Lord, now you're making more sense, Pastor. I didn't even know about that one. Well, how I many know anything the Bible tells us not to do and we do it, it's disobedience. And what is disobedience? It, it is sin, isn't it? Amen? 
Thank God for God's mercy. You know, we sin. We, probably we sin in ways we don't even know. And, but the blood covers us. But if we do know it, the Bible says confess it, spit it out, get rid of it. Amen. Well, has anybody, you know, you told God you wasn't going to do something ever again, and then you did it again? And then you had to repent for that and for lying. It's like one minister said one time he had sinned and missed God, and he said, I told God, I said, Lord, I'll never do this again. He said, I was crying, had on that whining voice, you know. And the Lord spoke back, said, now don't start lying. All right. I mean, God knows us, right? Now, that isn't permission to do anything, but as long as you have flesh, you're still going to have to deal with it. If the Apostle Paul said he had to keep his body under, I'm sure I'm still going to have to mine. Amen. And there may be things you get victory over. Well, there will be things you get victory over. Don't misunderstand me. But, but you know, you, but by the time you think you got one thing whipped, God will bring up something else you need to clean up. Isn't it amazing how the guys can clean the house and the woman comes home and she finds things that we missed? We thought, man, tossing our dirty underwear under the bed was cleaning the house. It's out of sight. But somehow she thinks she got to clean under the bed also. You know, it's like nobody's going to see that. See, God sees more than we see, doesn't he? And he doesn't tell us everything at once. I mean, like he's going to show you everything. He doesn't want want to, you know, to deflate you. Don't ever pray a dumb prayer, Lord, show me everything's still wrong with me. Just pray, have mercy on me and show me one at a time, sweet Jesus. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Amen. And we'll deal with it. Amen. Well, you know, see, this is the thing we have to watch. Like Haggai said, you know, this, this unholiness, it's, 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 it's infectious. You catch that. You know, an infectious, you know what an infectious disease is, right? It's something that you catch. But how do you catch? You've got to be around it. Amen. We all went through the COVID thing, you know. You had to take your tape measure when you went to Walmart and make sure everybody's six feet away from you. Oh, hey, hey, it's five and a half. Back up, buddy. You know what I'm saying? You know, and a lot of that was lunacy. But anyway, you know, some of it maybe might have been all right. I don't know. But a lot of it, they, you know, we, we had a meeting one time when they were going to let the churches go back. We had what was, uh, what was that, a uh, webinar. And it was with a lawyer and an infectious disease doctor from IU. And basically what they were doing with the churches, this wasn't a government thing. This was, this was a Christian thing. They were trying to make sure you had your bases covered so nobody could sue you, you know, and say, you know, hey, he had church and, you know, uh, I got COVID. Now I'm suing the church, you know, and all that. So we were, we were and, and you could ask the questions to the lawyer. You could ask questions to the doctor. The doctor was handling the medical side of it. The lawyer handling the legal side of it. And so somebody asked, the doctor said, uh, you know, because uh, you know, they told us, you know, in, those, in that beginning days, you could only have 10 people at church. See, they, they didn't mind you giving it to 10 people, just don't give it to 20. You know, and then the six feet, you know, remember that? And somebody asked this doctor, and I, I you know, I appreciate his honesty because he was honest about it. So why 10? He said, I don't know. We had to come up with some kind of number. Why six feet? Well, I don't know. He's, we had to come up with some kind of number. See, it wasn't science. It wasn't science. 
And they were even telling us, you know, now what you want to do is you want, you want them to come in one door and go out the other door so they don't meet one another coming and going. And this doctor said, well, he kind of laughed at that, said, you don't catch it that way just by passing one another, you know, in the hallway. But, you know, if you, you know, I guess you could catch it, I guess. People did, right? People kept catching diseases. They catch colds. They catch flus and things like that. You know, it goes around things like, because it's an infectious disease. Well, unholiness is infectious. And if you keep hanging around the things that are unholy and people that are unholy and places unholy, you're going to catch something. You're going to catch something. Amen. Now, look at this in Acts. Come on, are you with me tonight? Amen. Acts chapter 2. I want to just talk about this, what Peter said here. Acts chapter 2. Go with me to verse 38. Look what it says. It says, uh, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How many know your, our, our sins should be in remission? You know, if you, you know, people sometimes have cancer and they tell them it's in remission. What's that mean? It, you know, it, it's, it's going away. See, it's, see, our sins, when we get born again, they should be in remission. All right, amen. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, this is Peter preaching now. Everybody say Peter. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward or perverse generation. Now he told them, you got to save yourself from your generation. Now, I mean, if that generation was perverse, how many believe we're probably living in a perverse generation? This is the perversest I've ever seen, the earth. I've never seen it this bad. I don't think it's, uh, you know, maybe it was in the days of Noah. I don't know, but we got to be close. You know what I'm saying? When can, even candy makers can't produce candy or commercials for candies without, without making it perverted or something. I mean, how bad can it get? I mean, even like, you know what I'm saying? You know, they're supposed to sell you food. They're supposed to sell you candy. They're supposed to sell you, you know, beanie weenies. And spam, and yet they got to add something perverted in there. See, they got to take sides with perversion. So it's touched almost, almost every aspect of our country. And Peter said, "You got to save yourself from that. You can't fall into that." Now you're going to be the weirdo, according to the world. You're going to be the bigot. You're going to be the nut. But thank God you're going to be hanging on the right tree. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and you don't think this matters? Let me tell you, five minutes in hell and you'll think this matters. Right? See, so like, oh, that don't matter. Yeah, I, I'll just sleep through this sermon. Well, go ahead, but I hope I meet you in heaven. You know, because these things matter to God. Well, I thought we were saved by grace. We are saved by grace, but if you don't live right, you'll end up getting out of grace. Well, I didn't know you could fall from grace. Well, y'all read your Bible. The Bible says we're made partakers of, of Christ if we hold fast our confidence from the beginning to the end. 
See, what happens, with because people, we used to argue about this, you know, there's the once saved, always saved doctrine. We used to fight about this when I was young, and then I grew up and learned a little bit, thought they didn't need to fight these people. They're not going to convince me, and I'm not going to convince them. So I just stopped it, you know. But here's, here, here's the thing about it, you know, you know, because one guy would always use the scripture. You know, oh, they, they can't pluck them out of the Father's hand. They, you know, nobody can pluck them out of my hand. I said, well, no, nobody can pluck them out of his hand, but they can jump. Amen. I said, you need to read a few more verses, my brother. It's all kinds of warnings throughout the Bible. All kinds of warnings out throughout. Just read the book. You don't even have to read the whole Bible. Just read the book of Hebrews. And it'll tell you many places. You got to, you know. And they would, they would always say, well, what sin sends you to hell? It's not a matter of what sin sends you to hell. It's when your heart departs from the Lord. And sin will cause your heart to depart from the Lord. Unholiness will cause you to depart from the Lord. Now, you don't just wake up one day and say, no, I think I'm going to leave the Lord. No, it's a little bit at a time. Amen. You know, it doesn't happen overnight, just a little bit of a time. A little compromise here, a little compromise there. Next thing you know, well, I don't need church any longer. I'm just as saved as those that don't go to church. Well, that's disobedience right there. Everybody doesn't have a local church and a local pastor. How could you obey the scripture in Hebrews that said, obey those who have the rule over you and submit yourselves? If you don't go to local church, how could you have anybody have the rule? Who's got the rule over you? Your Pekingese? There's all kinds of scriptures about going to church. Jesus, as his habit was, he was in the synagogue every Sabbath day. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. There should be somebody in your life that has a spiritual rule over you that can speak in your life if they see you get in a mess and say, hey, you need to stop that. Amen. And us preachers ought to be saying the same thing the Bible says. I'm saying some things strong tonight, but, you know, we had a young lady one time, you know, she was, she was coming to church. She's a sweet young lady living with some guy, you know. And, uh, you know, she'd already been warned and all that that's not right. She grew up knowing it. She wasn't just warned. She grew up knowing it's not right. Now, it's okay in some churches. It's not okay in Oasis Church. We're going to talk to you about it. Now, you know, if you're just saved and all, it takes a while for you to get the rough edges and learn some things. But I figure if you've been here a while and the Word hadn't sanctified you yet, I'll help. I'll tell you what it says, just in case you missed, you slept through that sermon. But, you know, and she had, you know, she had a boyfriend she was living with and, you know, and all. So one day, you know, I made, had her, made a point for her to come see me. And I said, now, you know, this is wrong. You know, I mean, it wasn't like she's a new believer. She, she'd been around the things of God for a long time, but just decided to disobey the word of God. And so I said, now, you know, this is wrong, don't you? Well, now my, now my boyfriend's pastor says it's okay. I don't care what your boyfriend's pastor says. He's a false pastor. Right? Isn't that right? That's a false pastor. I'm not saying he never was called to be a... You know, just because I say he's a false pastor, that doesn't mean he, that doesn't mean he never was called to be a pastor. It just means he's, he's right now, he's off, he's off somewhere or another. Right? It's not the real deal, right? I mean, you know, false teeth, they're, they're good, but they're not the real deal. They're false, Right? And so, you know, I said, well, you know, he may say that, he may teach that, but the Bible says, here's what the Bible says, B-I-B-L-E, Christians live by the Bible. You know, so she said, well, I don't have any place to, 
to go. I said, well, I'll get Phyllis. And I said, we'll get you an apartment. We'll get you a place, you know, or whatever we told her. I don't remember. So she went home, packed all of her bags and was going to leave. And then he talked her back into it, you know. I don't know where she's at today, but, you know, if you don't get that right, the devil's going to take you out. You got to get those things right. Now, not just that area, but a lot of areas. You got to get them right. Well, now, Pastor, you're just not modern. No, I'm not. I'm with the ancient of days. Because we have the, you know, that's that's one of the things that's in in the church today. It's like, you know, if it's old, then it must not be good any longer. Like if the preacher's old, well, he's just an old guy. Now, he's probably a guy that knows a lot. Amen. You know, and I've never seen this. When I was coming up, when I started in ministry, you know who I followed? The older guys. That's who I sought counsel from. That's who I listened to. That's who I fed off of. Now, you got young guys feeding off young guys, and neither one of them know what they're talking about. And they're in the ditch. And they run in the church in the ditch. And some elders have to stand up and say, wait a minute. God may call you guys, but sit down, shut up, and listen. Hallelujah. This is good preaching tonight. A little punchy, but it's good. Amen. All right. Where are you at? Acts chapter 2. Got to save yourself. See, this generation we're living in, it's a perverse generation. You can't just go by it. You got to go by God's word. And when you do that, you got to know sometimes people aren't going to like you. You might get kicked off Facebook. Wouldn't that be awful? Did you know that some of us survived for years without Facebook? We did it. We did it for years without a cell phone. Our Facebook was the three-party line. You just pick up and listen to what the neighbors are doing. That's Facebook. Oh, did you hear that? I remember those days. Yeah, you know, like you know, you had at least three people on on your phone line, you know, and you could just listen in and say, "Oh my God, I didn't know that." Did you hear that? I don't understand Facebook. I don't understand why people want to tell you that they're going to go take a shower now. I don't really care. Now, if I'm going to be around you, I'm glad you're taking a shower, but I don't need to know everything, detail about you. There's too much information. Amen? I mean, this this isn't big news. This isn't, you know, you're not going to see, what was that guy used to do in the Peter Jennings? Remember him? Remember he was, it was ABC News, he was, however that came on. And, you know, Peter Jennings, you know, big news, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Dustin took a shower today. That's life-changing. How about using Facebook for the gospel? Right? Amen. And, and, and learn, 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 man, not to believe everything you see or you read. Or... Most of it's not true. You've got to get a hold of that in these last days because the devil's going to use things to try to slander preachers, to make up lies. And so, you know, you say, well, pastor did this or pastor that. Before you jump on the bad, maybe you better, maybe you better find out. We had a lady in the church one time, this was years ago. She came to me and said, a guy told me that, uh, she said, I don't believe this about you. She said, a guy told me that you've been seeing a a woman over in Christney. Said that you, he sees your white truck over there about every day. Well, I said, that's good. That's news to me. I don't know any woman in Christney and I have never had a white truck. My wife won't let me have one. 
She wants it to be silver or black or she won't even let me have a burgundy one. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of adding some jam to that. But I said, I've never had a white truck and I don't know any woman in Christie. And besides this, one thing I can tell you, if they're saying I'm spending the nights over there, I got a woman right here that can testify where I was at that night. It's good to live honest, clean life because you, got, you, got, you don't have to lie about anything. You got backing. Just name the night, buddy. I was there. I can tell you where I was at that night. I was at home with, you know, with my wife. Amen? So if you understand, you know, if you just live a clean life, you don't have to, you don't have to be concerned about what's going on. You know I lived a clean life. Hallelujah. You don't have to be worried. But, you know, that guy, I don't know why he made that lie up. I don't know why he said that, but I'm glad she didn't believe it. And she came to me and said, here's what he's saying. I don't believe it. I said, well, that's a good reason to not believe it. It's not true. They don't have a white truck. I don't know any women in Christie. There's probably some good women in Christie, but I don't know them. Isn't that how you say that in that, that Christie? Isn't that, isn't that it? Christie? What is it? Christing? Crisco? Christney? Christney. Well, that doesn't matter anyway. But, you know, I wasn't there. And I don't know no woman there. And I don't have a white truck. So it wasn't me. I don't know who he saw. Whoever it was must have been good looking if he looked like me. Now, let's find another scripture. Come on, you getting anything tonight? Go with me to uh, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> Philippians, the second chapter, and I want to look at this. I got one more thing to look at, and we'll pray. We'll let you go tonight. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, Paul said, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. That means we shouldn't just obey when the preacher's around. You know, I've had people say that to me, you know, well, I won't cuss, you're here. I said, well, it isn't like I don't know those words. I've had them, heard them, said them. Not after I got saved, you know. We ought, to, we, ought to, we ought to clean our lives up because, you know, God's around. Right? A lady told me this one time. Now, now, don't get offended if you smoke. I'm not knocking, knocking anything. It's a bad habit. The Bible, the Bible tells you don't pollute the temple of God. And there's a label on there that says these will kill you. So I don't know what more evidence you want. But anyway, whatever. Uh, I'm not saying you're going to hell for smoking, but this lady, one time we was having a prophet come to church and she said, I, she said, you know, I'm leaving my cigarettes at home. I usually carry my purse, but I don't want to carry them with that prophet being here. I said, well, lady, you could put them on the moon and God would still know about it, right? I don't care where you store them. <laughs> it's like one lady asked a preacher one time, she said, can you go to heaven if you dip snuff? Well, you can't find a husband if you do that, I don't think. But he said, he said well, you can, he said, but you'll have to go to hell to spit. <laughs> Amen. So it's not that we're trying to hide it from the preacher. I appreciate people clean up their lives when I'm around. I'm, I'm good with that. But it's not me you need to watch out for. How many know it's God? That sees it. So he said, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now how much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, notice he didn't say work for your salvation. He said, Work it out. 
For it's God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, what's he saying? Well, God put something in you when you got born again. He put, he put the right nature inside of you. See, the Bible says, Peter said, we're partakers of the divine nature. That our new man, when we, we become a new creature, the Bible says, and that new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. And, and Paul said, work it out, but notice this, with fear and trembling. Y'all see that? See that? How many know that's not talked about much in faith circles or in modern preaching today? Work out yourself with fear and trembling. What's that? Well, not fear like tormenting fear, but reverence, godly reverence and all. Work it out. In other words, what's he saying? Take it seriously. Don't be flippant about it. Don't, don't, don't be, be serious about it. Realize that, you know, <laughs> people can get so flippant sometimes about these things. And, and the Bible is very serious about it. The Bible says we're to serve God with reverence and godly fear for our God's a consuming fire. And here's another scripture you don't hear preached on much. Uh, the Bible says, uh, well, uh, I'll just read it to you because I know you, you're just sitting on the edge of your seat to hear it. But here's, here, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, uh, well, you can go there if you want to, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. But you got to hurry because I'm not waiting long. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 5, go there, verse 9. The King James says, Wherefore we labor, or actually we make it our aim, that whether present or absent, we, we may be accepted of Him, or pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. How many of us? All, all of us. That everyone may receive the things done in his body, whether that be, whether he've done, whether it be good or bad. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. See, isn't that a powerful scripture? See, I, I'm, I'm conscious that one day I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, if I get there, thank God I'm going to heaven. You know, if you're at the judgment seat of Christ, you're in. But I want to I be pleasing to Him. Don't you want to be pleasing to Him? I want to be pleasing to the Lord. I want to, as Paul said, walk worthy of the Lord. Walk worthy of the Lord. Now, see, I was talking to someone the other day about, you know, about prayer, and I was talking about how lifestyle affects your, your prayer life. And see, people that, well, no, it doesn't have anything. Yeah, it does. Read the Bible. The Bible says if your heart condemn you, you God knows, he knows he, He's bigger than your heart knows all things. And, if we, and if, we, if we have confidence, then we receive the things that we ask of Him. But if you live contrary to His Word, you, don't, you lose your confidence. Anybody ever seen, there's this one, it's on, I think on YouTube or something. There's this one video, there's three dogs, I think there are three poodles. And one of them has torn something up. You remember what that was? It tore something up, it tore it up, and it's all over the house or something. And so the, the lady of the house comes home, and they're up there on the steps, you know. She's down at the bottom step, they're up at the top steps. She goes, who did this? She looks at one, calls him, did you do this? He just sits there just looking. She looks at the other. Did you, Ralphie, did you do this? He just sits there looking. Uh, Fluffy, did you do this? He puts his head down and backs up and backs into the bedroom. Well, you know who the guilty one was. 
It was pretty easy to see. You ought to Google that sometime. Three guilty dogs. I don't know what it's called, but it sounds like a country song, doesn't it? Three guilty dogs. But it's, it's really cool because that one, he's so ashamed, man. He just ducks his head and back like, I've been busted. Yeah, when she first, the two dogs, when she asked who did this, both those other dogs looked at that one. Like, he did it. It's almost like they were human. I saw the other day on, on the news app that they had a mugshot of this canine dog. They had him mugshot of him. He's standing there, you know, with the, you know, that's got the how tall you are in the background. He's standing there, and they said the troopers booked him because he ate one of their lunches. So they arrested him. They th- but they were such an outcry from the public that they're going to let him go free. So, How I many know if you're guilty before God, your confidence is shot till you get it right. It's easy to get it right. You don't have to go beat yourself up and do penance and crawl on your hands and knees through the parking lot of the church. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us. What's confess? Confess means I'm spitting it out. I agree with you, God. That's not good. I shouldn't have done that. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go to one last scripture. You get anything tonight? Amen. Let me think where we want to go here. One last scripture. Uh, over in the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Go there. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. I appreciate churches and pastors that still preach to people about living holy. Isn't that right? Now, thank God, you know, I, I, if I had to make my choice, this may surprise you, but if I had to make my choice on a church that preached faith or a church that would preach holiness, I'll take the holiness church. Because that church, church that preaches faith but preaches loose living, their faith's not going to work anyway. Isn't that right? See, I've always said if I had to choose between being married to Miss Fruit of the Spirit or Miss Gift of the Spirit, I'll take Miss Fruit of the Spirit. I'll find somebody else to get me healed, but I want somebody I can live with. And that goes for men too. Right? Mr. Fruit of the Spirit. How many know you don't have to choose? You can have both. But I don't want just a spiritual woman. I want a nice woman. Well, a spiritual woman is a nice woman. She's really, you know what I mean, spooky spiritual. Woo! <laughs> I flow in all nine gifts of the Spirit all day, every day before breakfast. I go to Walmart, people fall in the floor. Well, maybe you got B.O. or something, I don't know, but something's, something's not right here because it doesn't work that way all the time. My shadow passes by people and they get healed. Well, you know. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, are you there? Verse 7, it says, For God... He has not called us unto uncleanness. Y'all see that? But what's He called us to? He's called us to holiness. Right? See, He made us righteous when we got born again. But but, but holiness is how you live. It's how you live out what you've been made. Uh, He therefore that despises or rejects, despises not man, but God who's given to us His holy. Spirit, not his unholy spirit, his holy spirit. So see, now we're living in this time right now where if you live right and you preach it, people despise you. Don't they? Even church people will despise you. Yeah, I don't go to that church. I'll tell you what, man, you got, 
You know, they expect too much out of you. Well, it, it's, not, it's not us expect much out of you. It's the Bible expects it out of you. Isn't that right? See, these aren't Oasis church rules. These are Bible rules. Living clean, living holy. We didn't make them up. I, I've always said I'm okay with everything God's okay with. But anything is against, I need to be against. I need to hate what God hates and love what God loves. That's what I need to do. And if God says something's wrong or it's an abomination, then I need to stay away from it. Amen. See, preachers need to learn the Word of God a little better or something. Or grow some guts. I mean, know what that means. That's, I watch too many Westerns sometimes. But, I mean, you know, see, you, you understand what I'm saying? See, they need to, they need to have some, some backbone. <laughs> Say, well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna offend people. <laughs> Jesus offended his whole the whole congregation one day. Remember that? They all walked off and left. And he said to his disciples, You're gonna go also? You could tell Peter had been thinking about it, because he said, Where would we go? Is there another full gospel church in town? <laughs> no, I guess we'll stay with you. You got the words of life. Well, that was a wise choice. Amen. But what about all those that left? I've had people leave this church because I confronted them over sin. They weren't babies. You understand what I'm talking about? See, babies, they got to grow out of it. Isn't that right? They grow out of it. You don't, you don't, sometimes you don't even say anything to them. You just preach the Word, give them time, let them hear the Word, and that Word will clean them up. But you know, when they've been in it for years and years and they're just willfully disobeying the Word, they know the Word, then as a pastor you have to say something. Hey, you know, that's going to mess your life up. You know, you don't do it in a mean spirit, but you just, you, you, you try to plead with them and reason with them. I've had people leave this church, you know. Now if I'd have compromised and said it's okay, they would have stayed. I'd rather you just go. I mean, I don't want you to go, but I'd rather have a clean house. Amen. Yeah, I don't want Jesus to have to come in and clean the temple at Oasis Church. I'm just going to preach the word. and we'll, we'll, well, Now, we're not perfect. I hope you understand. So, oh, my gosh, if I ever mess up, pastor's going to be up. No, we, <laughs> we, all, we all have to use 1 John 1, 9 at times. But I'm talking about we just choose to live contrary to God's word. I mean, you've been shacking up for six months. You've had six months to think about it. Why is it so quiet? I don't know anybody's doing that, but if you are, I just, you just got hit with the word. No, see, now, now, now you know what? This, this pastor, he said, you know, he said, I took over this church. You know, he, he was already started. And he said, when I started there, he said, I could not believe it. How many couples in that church were living together, not married? Not no less acceptable in society, but God still says, Marriage is honorable among all, the bed undefiled, but adulterers and whoremongers, sleeper arounders, God will judge. That's New Testament. It's New Testament. So he said, I took this church. He said, I couldn't believe how many couples were living. He said, well, we changed that. Why? He started preaching. This, you know, the previous pastor had been preaching it's a, it's a sin. But he started preaching it's a sin. It's good preaching. See, we need to know more about faith and 
Thank God for faith. I preach on faith. That's what I prefer to preach on. Just preach on faith and the promise. That's all I did for years because I didn't pastor. But pastoring, and, that, and especially today, all of us preachers today have to preach on holiness. Because we live in such a corrupt society and such a corrupt generation. Amen. I mean, Noah was a preacher of righteousness, wasn't he? Sure. Right? So you have to preach right left. Now, they're not going to like it. Some of them aren't going to like it. Some, some, the world's not going to like it for sure, but you're going to have people come to your church. They're not going to like it. I've had them get up, get mad, walk out. Well, I can't change the message because it doesn't fit you. I always remember that story someone said years ago. He said, you know, if you have a pack of wild dogs, you throw a rock, the one that yelps the loudest, that's the one you hit. And I've seen that, you know. It's like, yep, 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 yep. Well, it's the Word, amen? <laughs> it's not me. It's God's Word. So, well, Pastor, are you done? I'm done. <laughs> well, is this the last of this series? No. I'm going to preach Sunday morning on not having, not having the spirit of the world on you. Right. We'll really clean some plows in. Amen. <laughs> But, you know, the Lord said, preach on this. So I've got about three more, two, three more times I'm going to preach on this. But we need, to, we need to make sure that we keep our lives clean. And I know most of you do a really good job with that. Maybe all of you do. But you just got to, got to be reminded. We're living in such a perverted world that after a while, that keeps bombarding your mind. If you don't watch it, it'll conform it. And you have to keep your mind renewed to what the Word says. You begin to think, well, this is okay. This is acceptable. No, God's Word hadn't changed. Amen. Well, it's just a little white lie. Well, there are no little white lies. You can't be like that little boy in Sunday school. When the Sunday school teacher asked him, said, well, what's a lie, little Johnny? He said, well, it's an abomination to God and a very, help, very present help in time of trouble. <laughs> no, it's just an abomination to God, right? <laughs> God's in the truth. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.